The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Wrestling to the Max, Monday Night Raw, review. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestling of the Max's Raw Review for January 8th, 2017. And we are brought to you by W2Mnet.com, the place where you go find all your great wrestling podcasts and a lot more. Hey, go subscribe, rate, and review over at Wrestling of the Max or the W2M Network. Whichever one you choose, you'll get every single episode we have to throw out at you, plus every single thing that we do overall in the whole entire Wrestling of the Max family. So please go do that now if you haven't already. And also, do us a favor. Go rate and review. That gives us a little bit of a leeway when understanding what you want, what the needs that you have are coming at us. We can find them and work on them. And also, hey, those five-star ratings give us a little bit more exposure out there in the interweb. And one big thing that we need to do is give some support over to 411mania.com and last word on prowrestling.com. Both are great supporters of ours, so let's support them. I, of course, am Gary Vaughn, and along with me is your host, Paul Leeser. hey and Paul, uh, we, of course, you know, had a Monday Night Raw here that was up against a big, basically a big game, and not the big game, but a big game in the college football playoffs, the championship game that was Alabama and Georgia. And so Raw had to head that up and try to compete as best as they could. So we've got a big Raw to talk about. And I also appreciate you giving me some time to finish the game, even though now I wish I would have not. So. You know, I mean, it's it's a game with two big fan bases all across the country too. Uh, so you know, there's I'm sure there was a lot of attention paid to that, especially going to overtime and oh man, I mean, if you're a college football fan, I think this is probably the best you could have hoped for out of that game, despite the fact that uh, Alabama did win. Who I can't stand. I, I swear to God, every time somebody says "roll tide," I, they sound like a Nazi to me. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, Paul's got some extreme views on it. You know, and I, I'm pretty close to you. I, uh, you know, I, I'm just not a big Alabama fan, but I, I will give them credit. There's a reason they've been so good for right. so long. And for anybody that's from Alabama and you're listening to us and you're angry right now, don't be angry. Just understand we're like everybody else around the world. We want our teams to do well. And I don't know who Paul's team is. I'm a big Texas Longhorns fan. I get to live in obscurity for a while. Uh, and so that's what you do. You get a little jealous and you get a little angry because the same thing. Same with the Patriots. Everybody hates the Patriots because what yeah. they won so long. Dallas Cowboys had to deal with this in the 1990s. Everybody hated the Cowboys. You still kind of do, honestly, to this mm-hmm. day. So, I mean, when you have success comes hatred. So, Bama fans, congratulations. We really do want to throw out, at least I will, you you did a good job. You won the big game, so there you go. But anyway, disappointed to us, though. But. Yeah, I, I don't have a dog in the race when it comes to, to football, but I, I'm a, I love Nick Saban. I think he's a great coach. Definitely, definitely the reason why Alabama's had so much success this last decade, for sure. He's he's a phenomenal coach. Yeah, well, him and Belichick teamed up. They, they're 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 in a like mind, so there's mm-hmm. a reason both those guys are successful. So, But this isn't the college football show. This is no. not football to the max. <laughs> so just wanted to throw a few things out there. We'll probably do this again on the Wrestling of the Max this yeah. week. 
Uh, sorry about that, folks. We're gonna, we'll probably do it with Sean. But anyway, let's go and jump into this Raw. We, we had a lot to talk about. Quick shout-out, too, to the lads over at the kickoff on the network, too. They do a great job talking college football as well. Yeah, for sure. Great episode. I think it'll be this Thursday, I believe. Or I, think that, right. I think it's. I think it appears on our network on Thursday. So go mm-hmm. check it out, the kickoff. You're right, Paul. Thank you. Yeah, of course, man. They, uh, they, they talk more college football. I think F2M does, but they're uh, Harry and, and Brandon – for sure, are much more college football fans than uh, than a lot of others uh, around the W2M net side, at least are. But like I said, we're, we're talking Raw, we're talking wrestling here. Uh, of course, when we're talking WWE, we're talking Roman Reigns. He opens the show, Gary. Uh, sort of puts over Joe a little bit in, in their match last week, but uh, sort of silenced all the critics in his view. He was fighting with a purpose. He was fighting to avenge Dean. He did that. However... Here comes the new Thorn in the Shield side, and that's Jason Jordan, who keeps talking in wheeze, Gary. He believes he is a part of the group um, and sort of is trying to put his hand a friendship out there, and of course that means fist bumping with Reigns. This brings out Seth, and they sort of put him in his place, like, yo, dude, you're, you're not with us, you're just Seth's tag team partner, You, we, we're all champs, and that's great, but you're not, uh, you're not with us, and they sort of banter around a little bit before Finn Balor and the Good Brothers, that's of course Gallus and Anderson, come on down. It seems like the Balor Club is a thing going forward because they sort of talk about how they're going to take over Raw in 2018, it's going to be their year, and it looks like they sort of set their sights on whatever you want to call this pairing between Jason Jordan, Seth Rollins, and the she- and, uh, and Roman, because it's certainly not the Shield in, in two of the three's opinions, so... Angle shows up, we get a six-man tag match later on in the evening for the main event. You know, I like this. Jordan, uh, this is, I I mean, they're going with the idea I thought I had, right? Which is Jordan being the shield, and then they just took your brain and put it in Seth and Roman's head, where they absolutely hate this idea. (laughs) And uh, Jordan sort of playing up to that, I think, really works. Uh, Not only getting them to hate him, but I think the fans very clearly don't want him around this picture. And, and Balor, if this is what it takes to get those guys rolling, even though they just sort of threw them together, I'm all for the Balor Club being together. These guys are, they they have a fun segment later on in the show too that I, I want to see more of. Yeah, and you know, what I really enjoy about this opening segment is for the fact that you're, what you just said, they answered some of the questions we had, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Coming out of last week, me and you were speculating, and, and you really did have something there, and I love the fact that they addressed that right away. And so we get a lot of those answers. We get also Roman Reigns giving some love to the guy that I think deserves it, and that is Samoa Joe. So yeah. all the stuff that they kind of give you here in the beginning is really comparable for at least from last week and moving forward so i thank them for doing that at least they they didn't come out here just announce all the matches and give us a few boring things it felt like we wanted to jump into this thing head first and get going and keep momentum and i i feel pretty good about all that and talking about the Balor club side of it I, I really like their chemistry. It's like they never stopped working together, right? right? <laughs> and, and, you know, Paul, you're the guy that, you know, has watched New Japan for a long time. I have not focused on him. And I, I did not watch New Japan when Finn Balor was there. So that's very honest. When these guys were together, I can't say that it was just like what they were in New Japan. But I can say it felt like they can, they've never stopped working together. So that chemistry... 
is just so strong. I think it's going to get even stronger the more and more they work together. But I love the banter, the jokes between each other, all that stuff, and we'll talk more about it later. But I, I, I really feel like they, they've started this show out strong. I really, really do. Yeah, I uh, I mean, the Valor Club, they, they were together for a while. Finn and, and um, uh, Carl Anderson basically being uh, the founding members almost of the Bullet Club before they brought in uh, Bad Luck Fale and Tomatonga and eventually Gallows once um, Giant Bernard slash Prince Albert left to go back to, to WWE to be um, Tensai or yeah, Tensai. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's, it's, you're exactly right. It's like, they never stopped hanging out. They just, you know, now they're actually together on screen. Uh, they're hanging out backstage later on in the show, talking about wanting to make new memories and sort of game planning for the match tonight. And uh, if you follow Carl Anderson on Twitter, he talks about his hot Asian wife all the time. You get that <laughs> reference in there, too, which is wonderful. And uh, some two sweets, which, you know, maybe this was why WWE started going after the Young Bucks. <laughs> uh, probably so. Uh, but also, to be honest with you, I feel like they're rubbing it in the Young Bucks' face. A little bit, yeah. So yeah, I'm sure that stings a little bit. But, you know, I'm just loving the idea that WWE's willing to drop those names on you, though. They they dropped some of those New Japan names, and I'm like, oh, wow, that, is that legal? So I mean, we'll find out, I guess, if anything legally happens. Hadn't yet. So mm-hmm. uh, Before we talk about that main event, we have to talk about this Miz TV segment because the Miz, first of all, is back. He's done filming all of his stuff. He's done doing the USO tour. And uh, he's ready to come back and win his Intercontinental Championship. It's all kinds of hot fire in this. The crowd way into him. You also have Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas just showering him with gifts upon his return as well, which is a little silly. Uh, but I thought it worked, right? I mean, this, this is what those guys do. He also had Elias out at the top of the segment to sort of sing and get his bid in before getting out of the ring. I, the Miz part of the promo here where he's talking about coming back for his IC title and basically, uh, in his words, daddy's home. Um, I, I enjoyed this. I thought this was great work and, and uh, you don't really realize, I think, how much you miss The Miz until he's gone and then comes back. The Miz has a lot of people on the uh, on the mindset that you know he is a jerk and all those things. He does a great job of that. But I think when you're talking about a majority of the fans that really watch the product, that really like him, love the fact that the Miz is the probably the most realist person mm-hmm. WB has going right now. I think he is an open book. He's the one character that you can look at and say, I believe about ninety five percent of everything he's saying. Yeah. And it's because he brings a lot of truth. A lot of his promos, a lot, and when he gets in that ring and he says something, a majority of it is the exact right truth. You can look up statistics. You can look up what shows he's talking about. You can look up uh, his IMDb or whatever you want to look up. You can find that The Miz is telling the truth. And I, that's, I think, part of the reason we love this guy so much. And he is willing to use it to tear other people down. And that's what makes him so much stronger than I think anybody else. I think it's also the reason I think it was a Rolling Stone that voted him Wrestler of the Year. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's exactly why he got that kind of praise and appreciation and all that kind of stuff. So him and everything he did tonight was normal miss. I think it, it reached the levels it needed to reach. I think I could give him all the high praises I can. 
But I think this is just normal Miz. I, I I don't think that there's really many times that he comes out and does something that I'm just discouraging. So I, I really appreciate, though, that everything you're right. He brought up so many different things. He brought up the Rolling Stone thing. He also brought up about his movie career, everything he's doing there. I, I just I love also him kind of making the point that, hey, don't forget, I didn't forget about the shield and what they did to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to reclaim what is mine. It all it, it just the continuity that he had here, Paul. It, it just it felt right. It didn't feel like he's just come back and saying, "Oh, by the way, I'm owed something." No, he he made sense in why he's owed it. Mm-hmm. Right, and and basically getting everything that he dropped back on track after he took the break uh, from TLC, which is, uh, and this is something I think the Miz is best at more than anybody else on the roster right now and that is he could be doing something that maybe you're not absolutely into or you know has sort of been pushed to the side and suddenly he'll come out with a promo or a backstage segment or something like that and makes you remember why you want to watch him either get his ass handed to him or just watch him perform and and that's the I, I mean there's so much passion in his promos I think every time sometimes you know, he's out there to be be a dick, which is, you know, what he's getting paid for. But stuff like this just reminds you, I think, of why you want to keep watching him work. Is is just, he's so good and so passionate about what he's doing. And it comes across every time. Uh, you're exactly right. And the one thing I will say is, put anybody else in that character. Put anybody else as The Miz without mm-hmm. him being there. It doesn't work. Yeah. The gimmick is the, the, the gimmick is a little silly, mm-hmm. uh, to, to be honest with you, and uh, the people that he has surrounded himself with, very silly. Right. Uh, no one else is going to pull off the role of, hey, you know, they're they're showering me with gifts, and I'm going to come out here and you no, know, let's just be honest. You're right. A guy has to have a lot of passion to make that work. Mm-hmm. Miz has it. I'm glad, and I'm happy with what we got. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, let's fast forward a little bit. We cut backstage to Kurt Angle's office. Uh, you have the bar show up. They want their tag team title rematch, which Angle books for the Royal Rumble. Uh, and you also have Miz show up there and uh, talk about, one, his new unscripted TV series, uh, which is going to be him, uh, Miz and Miss, which is him and Maurice over on USA. That's supposed to show up later this year, which had been talked about for a while, maybe being on the network. Seems like they sold that to USA, uh, so that's a cool deal for those guys. The big part here, however, is he's getting his Intercontinental title rematch at Raw 25, which is in two weeks on the 22nd, uh, which I am eagerly looking forward to uh, just to go back inside the Manhattan Center. I kind of want to see this match take place there, but I'm sure a lot of the newer stuff um, that we're going to see on that show is going to go down at the Barclays Center, while the laundry list of legends that they announced on this show, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash... Uh, New Age Outlaws, APA, The Dudleys, Undertaker, Ric Flair, Jerry Lawler, Jim Ross, all going to be over there, I think, at the, the older part of the, the show over in Barclays Center, which could be cool, don't get me wrong, but it feels like they're going to keep the newer stuff going on over at uh, the Barclays Center. Yeah, which, I mean, uh, to be fair, it makes sense, because mm-hmm. Barclays Center is where all the new things take place, and um, I, I just feel like the the Manhattan Center is, you know, where a lot of those legends want to be since they spend a lot of their time there. So, but I agree with you. It'd be kind of fun to have the IC title match over there just because of history, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. something but. big happening over there. I think would be cool. I want to spend a lot of time in that building on that episode. And, uh, for some reason, I just don't feel like we might not get that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think you're probably right on that, but 
You know, uh, the one thing I will mention here is the fact that, you know, they're pumping up this 25th anniversary show. They should. Um, but it is looking better and better as we get closer to it. And very, very happy with that and everything that's going towards that. So I, I got to give them credit. They really are doing a good job of making you excited about it. I can't deny that at all. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's uh, let's keep following these threads here, though. We'll, we'll go ahead and cut to the main event as the Balor Club taking on um, the Shield with Jason Jordan tagging along as the kid brother, it seems like. Uh, 15 minutes or so. I, uh, lots of good work here. Thankfully... Thankfully, Balor Club wins. Finn picks up the win after you have uh, after the double stomp uh, on Seth. Th- this is good stuff. Jordan really playing up the heel role, I think, very well here too. Over the top, very much like I said, the kid brother sort of sticking his nose in, in the older brother's business, and them just simply not wanting him to be there. This is good stuff. I, I enjoyed this the whole way around. I did too, and you know, here's the the one thing that I'll, I'll have to knock it a little bit. At times, to be honest with you, I felt like they made this to be well. Balor Club really is an up to our game, um, but we're letting them hang around a little bit, and then it takes Jason Jordan to f it all up. <laughs> and and then when that happens, well, uh, look there, the, the the Balor Club gets to win, and, and hey, I appreciate it. I, I think it's needed. The Balor Club needs to get those victories. I just I want Balor Club to work. I want them to be a legitimate threat to the Shield. Do you see where I'm coming here from here? Yeah, uh, and I, I, and I'll counter you here as soon as you're done with your point. I, I'm just saying for the fact that we have a long time for Dean Ambrose comes back, mm-hmm. and that's the actual Shield. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing with two out of three, that bothers me even more because when Dean Ambrose is coming back, do we do we actually feel like these guys are going to be on par? So I don't know. I, I'm just being a little favoritism on my part, uh, but you know, who knows? You know, for me, uh, this makes a lot of sense in this moment because let's talk about where the Balor Club was up to this point. Gallus and Anderson couldn't buy a win for much of last year, even though they had the tag run pretty early on for for 2017. After that. They just sort of faded away into obscurity, uh, taking losses basically to put over you know other parts of the show. And Finn, for the last couple of months, um, a nothing feud with Bray Wyatt turned into him getting squashed by Kane, turned into him just sort of being a small feature on the show, getting the squash wins. Right? There's not there's not a lot of momentum for these guys. Whereas you have Reigns and Seth and Jordan are all champions and have been involved in the main event for the last six months, basically. So. I think the booking here made sense. I I think what you get Finn and uh, the Balor, the, you know, Gallus and Anderson sort of rolling here, maybe you'll get something more competitive. And if Dean comes back down the line, which is, is I'm assuming, still going to be a while, um, it's not going to be something you have to worry about, especially if, if, um, if, you know, the Shield are still planning on being a thing, if WWE wants them to be a thing at that time of year, you know, because... Who knows what's going to happen with Roman at WrestleMania, which he's still penciled in with Brock for the Universal title. And I'm sure it's, it, it might end up being Seth and Jordan on the big stage this year, too. Uh, that's true. And it also depends on what they want to do to the Balor Club. Does the Balor exactly. Club work? Does it not? Who knows? Does Vince like it enough? All that kind of stuff comes into play. And I understand that point. And it's a, it's a very valid point. And I, I just think that I am wanting... I think I'm wanting to go zero to sixty exactly with the Balor Club, <laughs> and, and, and it's not fair. And, and what I'm saying probably has no really concrete 
facts or anything that I can really stand on to really argue my point. But I, I just, at that time watching the match, me rooting for the club, Balor mm-hmm. Club, you know, you kind of had that feeling the whole time. But um, I, overall, you're right. It, it made sense. Everything that they put into play came into fruition. This gives all that heat on Jordan. Yeah. And now next week, which I can't wait already till next week, to see how Roman and Seth are going to handle this. And or if it's just Seth handling it. How are they going to do it? Mm-hmm. And to continue this whole dysfunction of these three guys and uh, what they go from here and I think also we want the zero to sixty thing happen with the Balor Club. I think they've got actually got to come into an entrance together before I really need to get my hopes up on them being a group, right? So, you know, I don't, I don't know, um, but just because I think there's so much invested in Finn's entrance being an essential part of the character, whereas Gallus and Anderson sort of been plain simple, straight ahead beat 'em up guys. Uh, so hopefully. Really, what I want for the Balor Club right now is not only a vehicle to get Finn back to where he belongs, but get Gallus and Anderson rolling. Get them some more character other than just calling people nerds, you know, which, don't get me wrong, is great. But, you know, let's let's keep that rolling for those guys, too, because they could be a big deal for this company. And they kind of put into play some of the things that they did in New Japan, if I'm not wrong, right? I mean, it looks like it. At least they're trying to use some of the things. I mean, of course, they use their finisher and all that. But uh, mm-hmm. I love the fact that, you know, we almost had Carl Anderson get a pin using the spine buster. Right. And things like that where it's kind of a – it's at least they're making those things that they did in New Japan relevant where they could have said, no, 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 you're not allowed to do any of that. You have to do it our style, our way. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate a few of those things. But – Whatever they can do, like you said, to get Carl Anderson and Gallows in play to where they are a serious tag team, even if it's without Finn at times. But I, I still I, – I, I would even just like them to come out with Finn. Let him do his entrance, just follow in the background if they have to. See, but that's not really a spotlight for him. Now they're just extras. <laughs> I know, but I – okay, in my honest opinion, I just want him to have a – just a Balor Club entrance. I know Finn has his music and all that, mm-hmm. but to me – it's not as special as it is without the paint. I, that's just my personal opinion. I have kind of fallen out of love with the whole holding the jacket, doing the arms thing. I'm kind of done with it. I'm, I want it only to be for the demon now. Oh, how the mighty have fallen, Gary. <laughs> I love the entrance. I love the music. I'm just saying it doesn't give the same effect. It looks like his jacket doesn't fit every time he comes down the ring. He's like, ah, God, this jacket, and put yanking on it every time. I'm like, come on. <laughs> I mean, Ty Dillinger doesn't have a jacket that fits. Come on, man. <laughs> you see where Ty Dillinger's at. So, <laughs> uh, The important part here, too, is the post-match. You have Miz, Axel, and Dallas come down, beat up Reigns. Miz hits the skull-crushing finale. They shield-bomb him, too. So I, you have a lot of pieces in the mix here. Um, I think as far as maybe shuttling feuds along, if you're going to have Roman move on, drop the title, I think that's fine to, to Miz because you have the ballot club ready to pick it up. Seth and Jordan sort of appear to be a thing that's going to get built on and all that going forward as well. Um, and, you know, of course, Axel and Dallas are just sort of there to uh, to make the Miz look good at this point. So lots of pieces in play. I think that's what I like most about this is that it feels kind of open, uh, even though the direction might be simple. They have options, you know. Exactly. That's that's really important here because WWE likes to change things on a whim, and uh, that's what makes this nice. Is if they do, it still makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And you want to talk about things on a whim? Uh, the bar taking on Titus Worldwide here, and they lose in about five and a half minutes after 
uh, Sheamus misses the bro kick, and you have Titus roll him up for this shocking win, uh, especially because this comes after the announcement that Sheamus and Cesaro are getting the tag title match at the Rumble. So maybe we're just going to start throwing tag teams into that match, get everybody on the card. Uh, <laughs> Boy. I, I do not get this at all. Yeah, I, you know, it really kind of blows my mind, too, for the fact that, I mean, we have seen these guys in such great matches, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the bar has been a special part of Raw week in, week out, because usually when we talk about the top two, top three matches, usually the bar's mixed in. And just they they just they do a great job, and then for them to take a loss like this, it just it's it's definitely a head scratcher. Um, and where is Titus Worldwide? Well, I, even though they get this big victory, where are they? The only thing I can think of is just what you're saying here is they're going to be thrown in the mix to go get for those tag titles, and maybe that's a dandy. Um, but you, are we still going to take them that serious? No, I, I, we're just not. They, they have not been portrayed as serious. It just doesn't seem to matter. Even Dana Brooke down there to help them, really not ever been a help to them. Um, so it's just ugh, it's it's something that I really don't get. I, I think here at the end of this match, I will give them credit. The way they ended it, the way that Apollo Cruz was able to get away from being kicked and all that, and made that special you know move at the end, was fun. I think it was neat and it was a nice victory for a team that doesn't get victories. But hey, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's still a head scratcher. Yeah, they're they're at least on the map now. And, and to be fair, I don't think we've seen a lot of the Titus worldwide uh, get really a platform or a spotlight to try to get the act over now that they have Dana Brooke involved. So. Um, maybe that could make it a little fresher. I don't know. Um, I basically, I just want Apollo over. Uh, (laughs) so anything to give this guy a chance is what I'm after. Yeah. I mean, and I, I don't have a dog in the fight with Apollo. You do. I, he's got to prove something to me to even care what he does. So Mm -hmm. I, I, and at that same token, like this couldn't be the revival, like, you know, they're back. We haven't seen them since their, their quick win against uh, Slater and Rhino. Like, this couldn't be them. Yeah. I, my only hope with that, Paul, is that they've got big things planned for Revival, and that's why not. We can only dream, Gary. We can only I'm, uh, dream. I know. I think this is more to get egg on the face of two guys that have been doing great things than they could be angry. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's follow this other big thread that we have going on through evening. That's, of course, Brock Heyman being... Uh, Brock Heyman. Wow. Brock Lesnar on the show with Paul Heyman. Um, and we get the usual here. You have Heyman do the promo that uh, we've heard so many times. It's not fair. Lesnar's still going to dominate despite the odds. Blah, blah, blah. Let's get to the good stuff. And that's... Kane comes down, and we get a brawl between those guys. They end up fighting all the way backstage where Braun shows up and uh, basically just wrecks shop, tosses Lesnar through a table, uh, annihilates Kane, and then throws a production box on top of him, and then pulls out a grappling hook and pulls down this huge rig uh, that I'm assuming is just for lights, even though it just looks like it's a bunch of bunch of metal you know, rigging equipment all lashed together, and drops it on Lesnar, possibly murdering him, I, I will say, as much as I have not been into this, this was a pretty hot segment. The crowd loved this. Uh, and honest to God, why aren't we in the... If there's not a conversation of moving the championship to Braun ahead of WrestleMania, I I mean, what what are they thinking? Because I, this guy's just so hot right now. 
it feels like maybe moving the title at the Royal Rumble could kind of be an option here. I think it definitely could be an option, and I think, you know, like you're saying, Braun Strowman is red hot. People love him. The, the company obviously loves him. Mm-hmm. I just wonder if they're going to use that momentum and not have the title tied behind it. And uh, uh, maybe the title needs to do other things, and I, I don't know that for a fact. It just makes me wonder. But I, I be honest with you, I have no problems with that. Braun Strowman holding the title and let Brock Lesnar just be a special attraction, it still works. Mm-hmm. And it, the, the, Brock Lesnar doesn't really lose much out of it because, like we've been talking about week in and week out, and like WWE's probably going to do – Kane's going to take the pinfall, and then you're just going to have the same thing. Oh well, I didn't lose. I didn't lose. So you know, Brock Lesnar didn't lose. It was you know Kane. So Mm -hmm. I think you know either way, this all you know can come out to be something very positive if that all takes place. But in this show and what happened here, it's one of those moments we're going to be seeing many, many times down the line. This will be a part of highlight packages. This is Mm -hmm. going to be a part of history remember that time right and that's great this is these are the moments that you really feel like you're watching something special i, I kind of felt the same way it honestly made me feel oh remember when the attitude era used to do crazy stuff like this that's what i feel like i'm watching right now and it it was a little funny to, to see that they had a grappling hook in the back i just thought <laughs> oh my god is this like uh you know did he run into batman's you know stuff equipment or something like Maybe that he it's- did and maybe so. Maybe Bruce Wayne technically works with WB, or he owns it. He secretly owns it. Uh, uh, Vince is a puppet. Um, but uh, no, I mean, I think all that was great. It was exciting. People were, you know, really stoked about it. So I think it, it puts a big mark on the show for people to go back and watch if they miss something, or maybe people would want to rewind and go check it out. Braun Strowman's looking great. I'm happy with it. Kane don't really care if he ever does anything right now. He's what he is and brock i mean sometimes brock needs to get put in his place and i think mm-hmm. they did it here they did it very very well you saw him have to go to the hospital taken away in an ambulance he got kind of put in his place so they can spare him i think this is a way to get him off tv for a while till the next time they use him and uh that's fine i'm okay with that you know i, I think the funny thing is is you get that moment you're seeing him get loaded up in the ambulance you got like six people around him to help Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. Kane's over there, barely can walk, getting up, and no one's touching him. No one's helping Kane. I love that. It was hilarious, because <laughs> I thought to myself, wow, you really don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there's a special staff that has to help mayoral candidates recover from injuries or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah, maybe so, or maybe they think, oh, you're... You're one of those Undertaker guys. You'll just heal automatically. You'll sit up by yourself. You're a, you're a zombie. Yeah. So maybe that's the hey. He got up in his own you know own self. So that's fine. No problem. You know, Kane's able to walk away on his own ability. But it's 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 a I think something very special here, and it gives a big mark for something that we didn't have a lot of time spent on. Besides that stupid promo, I, I love Heyman, but man, that was just I started to lose interest. I'm gonna be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, it's well done, but the message is always the same. Brock's going to overcome, it's unfair, blah, blah, blah. We want one-on-one matches. You know, it's... We said this last week, too, but I'll I'll keep saying it as long as I keep doing it. Can we not get a different message here? And and maybe it's just because the feud hasn't really been about Brock, really. It's just been background to a lot of other stuff. Um, 
while Braun and Kane have sort of been carrying the load in a not so successful way, um, you know, as they're just kind of hovering around him. So I, I don't know. This is uh, it, the the build up to, to this match has not been great, but this was a good segment, I think, overall, despite, you know, same old, same old promo. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, so let's get through this mid-card stuff before we talk about the ladies who uh, were very busy this evening. Uh, first up, Samoa Joe squashing Rhino, exactly what it needed to be, keeps both stories going there. Joe talks about how every time he faces Reigns in the post-match here that he takes years off of his career, and when Roman finally does crumble, he's going to be there to finish the job, which I just absolutely love this. Um, and then he announces his participation in the Royal Rumble, and it vows to eliminate John Cena first. Um, I I I love Samoa Joe. I really do. When you let him be this guy, he is must watch television every time, and uh, especially when you let him back up the part too. Uh, you're gonna make a lot of money. So I I, I want to say it now. If it's Joe and Cena come WrestleMania time, sign me up because that'll be awesome. Uh, Paul, uh, if they do that and they put some of these other matches that could possibly take place at Mania, I am all over it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the New Orleans is going to rock. Yeah. Because, oh, boy. Because, I mean, this would be considered, what, the the probably the fourth biggest match, I'm sure, once they get to that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not, not that it's discredited to John Cena or Samoa Joe. It's just, let's be honest, WB has their hierarchy. Right. And these guys wouldn't be fighting for a title, most likely. It would just be a special attraction match. And it'd probably be the fourth biggest card. And, and I would look at it and say it could be the main event. Mm-hmm. Uh, Samoa Joe, just a super great wrestler, has so much ability, has everything to offer. John Cena is John Cena. He's our Hulk Hogan. He can do anything. He can get in there, you know, take a month off, take two months off, and get in there and act like he's never left. So I think that would be an extremely exciting match. It'd be way better than John Cena versus The Undertaker. Just throwing that out there. Uh, so please let this happen. Let it be something special. I, I love that they did throw the John Cena thing in there for the fact that we could add this possibility, but it also brings up we're all going to be watching Samoa Joe to see if it happens. Right. So it puts a big light on Samoa Joe and mm-hmm. a rumble full of 29 other guys trying to get that same spotlight. Um, excited about that. I, I, I just love the promo we get here by Samoa Joe. I think he's one of their biggest stars. I think he's got so much to offer. I'm excited that they make this guy shine mm-hmm. every week on Raw. I mean, really, they do. Even when he's not supposed to, I think the guy kind of takes a part of that spotlight away from everything else they got going. So, really happy with Joe. I'm really happy that they're giving this guy uh, some momentum here with himself because they're not giving him any title shots, anything like that right now. Um, except for last week, which was a lot of fun to watch. We we That was our Superstar of the Week candidate there. So And the winner for Roman for winning. Um, but in, anyway, my point being in all this is I cannot wait to see where Joe goes from here because if this is good stuff with him right now, I can't imagine how good he's going to be down the line. Yeah, especially if he's got Cena to play off of later too. Like that that's there's so much history there um as far as their the beginnings of their career back in, in UPW over in in California and just sort of how all that spun out into basically these guys becoming big time superstars even though they're both at the tail ends of their career. I bet you they could put on one heck of a match still. So I, I would love, love, love to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm, I'm kind of at a quandary here because Matt Hardy didn't do much, but I also am aware of the promise I made that we'll end every Raw review with Woken Matt Hardy, but <laughs> it feels like a disservice <laughs> to do it this time around. So um, Matt Hardy squashes Kurt Hawkins here in his Raw debut with the character in less than two minutes. Uh, Bray Wyatt shows up in the ring, and they just sort of laugh at each other, and uh, that's that. Okay, so here goes my... Love of Woken Man Hardy while I tear things down. <laughs> I love the character. I have for a long time. I think it's great. But I think WWE has been working as hard as they can to make this very vanilla. I really feel like that. And the reason I say that is, is a majority of what we get from Woken Man Hardy is, and that's that's nice. It's, it's it's a fun part of his character. There's so much more to give. Give it to him or let him allow him to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just bugs the heck out of me because I think that, yes, that is creepy. And for the casuals who've never seen anything he did prior to WWE, they just think this is what it is, and they think, oh, it's 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 weird, it's hokey, it's crazy, it's it's me. I like, but I, I still don't know if they understand what they're missing, and I, I want them to see what they're missing. I want them to be to do everything that they did production wise, like they did with that Braun Strowman attack tonight, because mm-hmm. I, I think they had. Oh, man. I think the, in the movie Psycho, what, what did they say? It had like 72 camera shots in one shower scene. And I kind of felt the same way with the Braun Strowman segment there. They had so many camera shots. Well, give give Woken Man Hardy the same treatment. Give him 72 camera shots and have him go out and be amongst the people or go talk to animals and talk to George Washington and people. Make him look completely nuts. Right now, he looks kind of nuts, but he looks nuts in the... Uh, I, I'm trying to think of a comparison back in the old days of an Attitude Era guy or somebody who was just off kilter. That, that's the way he feels right now. Just very weird light. I want him to be really strange because I think that's where people are going to buy more into Woken Matt Hardy. I just don't know if this really did him any favors doing the whole laugh-off thing again. They, they're doing the laugh-offs way too many times. Mm. I will agree with you there that this doesn't necessarily feel fresh, but I will bring up uh, two points here in relation to Woken Matt Hardy because I will keep playing devil's advocate on this for a while. Uh, One, they were definitely not the focus of this episode at all. Uh, It certainly does feel like they've gotten their spotlight in the past couple weeks. There was a lot more at play in this, so them just sort of shoehorning this in to basically keep it rolling I thought was fine. Uh, I am with you, though. I kind of wish they might have found something different to do for him here in the post-match, but it was quick. It got the point across. It's sort of whatever. You know, a couple weeks ago, Gary, Matt Hardy was playing chess with a goldfish. Uh, <laughs> so And it was great, though, wasn't it? It, it was absolutely wonderful, and that's classic Woken Matt stuff. Um, I just don't think WWE wants to go crazy all-in um, by the farm if you will, yet. Uh, I feel like the slow tease and keeping keeping people sort of at least interested in this and keeping it a little slower is going to help people. Because if you go full over to where he was by the end of TNA, where he's, you know, he's an old vessel from Egypt and he has this huge backstory and the quest for gold and, and you know, the, the Lake of Resurrection and all this insane stuff that was brought in you know, I, I think people are just going to reject it because it's going to be too much too quick. I, I like the slow burn here. 
I do agree. Maybe you need to ramp it up a little bit at this point, but I, I think this is fine for what it is right now. So we're all learning something tonight. I am very impatient. <laughs> I, I, I want everything. I want my Valor Club to be top-notch tag team champions, everything. And I want Woken Matt Hardy to be everything he was at Impact. And, and you know what? You're completely right, probably. I, I think we'll probably play off each other because I've still I think I want him a little stronger in the character development part than maybe you're willing to take the slow burn. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to get a little ahead of the game probably, but I think in the end, here's my thing. I want WWE to see what the potential is, and I hope they are. Hopefully, it's just me being worried. I think a lot of times I get nervous. They don't see how great it can be, and probably the opposite. They're probably saying, hey, give us time. Let us use. Let's let's milk this thing, right? Mm-hmm. We we have big plans. You just don't know, Gary, and that, I hope that's the case. I hope you're right on that. Hopefully, the slow burn builds this guy, and he's able to go do bigger and badder things, and when he does those things, they mean something. Whereas right now, if you got it all thrown in your face right now, well, what do you have to build on? Exactly. So that's probably where I have to come around to your point of view, and you know, I just have to deal with it, and that's okay. Woken Matt Hardy is still great. Still love him. I am going to knock him on this, and I'm sorry. It's not about him. It's about WB. I really was excited about that entrance music, and we heard it, Paul. Mm-hmm. But I'm still not excited about the fact that they had to ramp it up. They had to ramp it up. I just wanted the piano music, man. Yeah, I think uh, I, a lot of people did too, myself included. But this is – they're going to find – they have to add their own touches. Otherwise, they're just ripping it off, I think. So – it's something I'm sure we'll grow used to uh, because it's not like theme music always makes or breaks something like this, but I don't know. I I mean, the another important fact to take into account here is they announced that Matt Hardy's going to be in the Royal Rumble, so this has me leaning towards something happening between these two pretty big on Raw 25. Uh, maybe something that takes this over the top, hopefully, at least for, for Woken Matt Hardy. Mm-hmm. I hope so. And I see, and the, the great thing is, is we're already seeing those stories put into this Royal Rumble mm-hmm. and uh, seeing some of those things that we'll be really watching for. So you're right. Hopefully it takes us over the top into the next chapter of their story. Right, right. Uh, later on in the evening here, um, you have the Cruiserweight title match. Uh, you have Goldust sort of hyping up Cedric in the back earlier. Uh, Enzo gets in his usual stuff as well before the match, uh, promising to remain champion, all that other stuff. I, I, these guys actually work a pretty solid eight minutes here before. It looks like uh, Enzo might have rolled his ankle uh, trying to catch Alexander here with the tope and gets counted out selling selling the ankle injury and all that. Um, I think this is a fine step because I don't... They obviously want to try to stretch this out for as long as they can because that's basically how 205 Live is booked. Um, but I didn't hate this. I thought this was actually pretty good. I think they did fine as well. I think Cedric Alexander looked like a million bucks. Yeah. I really do. Very, very important for what they want to do mm-hmm. because they want this guy to continually to work hard to never reach the goal until, well, eventually he does. Mm-hmm. And I think you got the fans behind him. I think that this match really gave people a good bird's eye view of this guy and what he can do. And I'm excited about the the fact that you know they are building a guy in Cedric Alexander who is, has a tremendous amount of talent who has a lot to offer against a guy that may not be a fan favorite when it comes to in the ring 
work, but on the outside has a great charisma and has a lot to offer. For him to be able to play off that and do so good, really, really happy for him. Really happy for Enzo to still be doing something that matters. So, good. I think fairly a good match, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's enough to sort of I think keep your interest um, if this is something that's been grabbing you. Uh, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, le- okay, so let's uh, let's talk about all the the women's stuff that's going on here. Uh, pretty early on in the evening, it's actually the first match of the show. Um, Bailey and Sasha Banks team up uh, once again to take on Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose, Mickey James and Paige on the outside playing manager here. Uh, Paige obviously still not being cleared to wrestle yet, which is probably in uh, her best interest right now until it comes Rumble time. Uh, and you have Banks and, and Bailey sort of get some revenge here against Deville and Mandy Rose, who I feel like are sort of finding their way uh, in the ring as far as, you know, being thrust into a position they maybe weren't ready for. You know, this this was fine. It didn't need to be anything special. Um, but I thought everything here sort of played off itself well and, and kept the feud rolling forward. I agree, and you know it's it's nice to see the fact that you know Bailey, Sasha, and Mickey James don't always have to walk away the losers, right? right? They actually, you know, deserve to be in the ring uh, with the absolution, and I'm okay with this win. I think it ma- matters; it means something. Uh, I think the bigger point here, I think for us, is to see that they have uh, plans for you know Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville to be really you know strong competitors Mm -hmm. and i think this is probably one of the strongest showings that they've had i mean mandy rose every time you turn around was really you know keeping things in play and keeping things in check and keeping uh bailey at bay from getting to sasha and then you know also doing some things against sasha but uh you also have sonya getting lots of those fisticuffs in there just showing her mma background things Mm -hmm. like that I think there's just many, many points here that you got to say, wow, these girls aren't just there to to halfway do it. You know, they're actually in there to to compete and they look pretty good doing it, you know. So you got to give them that credit. That's part of what they did here. And I think it means something down the line for Absolution and for really this entire division, especially since they're part of that growth. Exactly. Exactly. And it's important for them to get the spotlight to, um, like I said, just to help them make sure they keep on growing keep on putting them in positions to succeed. And, and um, so far it seems like they're finding a way to at least not uh, completely shit the bed, which is super important. So, <laughs> which, which let's be honest. I think honestly, and I had don't want to say it, Paul, but I think honestly, while we're not seeing Sonya in more of the action, and I would be hateful, but I think that she's still learning. Right. I, I think Mandy Rose is to a degree too. I think Mandy just seems more confident in what she's doing. Um, mm-hmm. and Sonia still, I think trying to find her way through, through, you know, everything else that she's still learning in NXT and all that stuff. So, um, fast forward, uh, you have this short little clip here with Kurt Angle on the phone, trying to get, uh, an older name for the women's rumble to show up. Um, so at least you, you know that they are going to have some of the older names involved in this rumble, which I am totes down for. Um, and then you have a lot of this interaction with Alexa Bliss and uh, Asuka as well as Nia. Uh, first, Alexa runs into Asuka backstage, and Bliss basically just tells her, you know what, you got lucky, uh, and I have a friend who is looking to uh, basically avenge me. <laughs> uh, and this leads to her talking to Nia later on in the evening, 
and basically is trying to kiss up to her. Um, since, you know, Naya seems to have not necessarily been uh, favorable to Alexa trying to keep the friendship alive, we'll say. Um, Alexa eventually just keeps on trying to push Jax into fighting Asuka and trying to tempt her with, you know, it could be us at WrestleMania for the championship if you win the Rumble. Uh, and if you take out Asuka, it's going to be that much easier. And uh, this eventually leads to Asuka coming out for a match, it seems, with Nia Jax. However, Nia attacks her at the ramp, beats her down, electric chair drop and a rolling senton. Sort of keeping this rolling. I would assume Asuka's going to get the title match at Royal Rumble, um, especially if she beats Nia uh, in their rematch next week. Hey, I mean, what you had said last week may be coming true, Paul. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it, to me, it only makes sense. And ever since you brought that point up, I, I'm all game for that because of the reason why we don't want to see Asuka in the Rumble and lose, right? We, we exactly. want her to stay undefeated. We, we, I mean, sure. I mean, it's a Royal Rumble, but still, you don't want her to go down that way. Mm-hmm. So it, it feels nice to see that she could have that opportunity to get that title and then send maybe Alexa into the uh, either Royal Rumble, you know, getting her rematch, or maybe even throwing her in the Rumble. So, I mean, either way, I think this is okay. I'm glad that at least, you know, we do see, you know, Nia getting something that's positive. Now, sure, it's at the expense of Asuka, one of our fan favorites, but I think it's important because Asuka has been devastating for this entire division. No one can even really come close unless you're Emma. <laughs> it's funny to say that because she's no longer with the company right <laughs> uh, uh, but uh no one could come close to beating oscar but naya is the closest one now because she basically injured her didn't right. get a victory but injured her so i think that's good for naya i think that's great for this division mm-hmm. good stuff I, i'm really okay with it and the only thing i'll say is I'm glad they brought it up before I did because I, I love that you know you have Alexa sitting here telling Naya, uh, you know you want you want to know what Oscar said and you know Naya pretending like she was shocked and angry and then saying, "Do you speak Japanese?" Because <laughs> <laughs> Oscar doesn't speak English, so I love her calling that bluff on uh, Alexa. That was hilarious. <laughs> was indeed good stuff. Uh, that about ties up everything, all the talking points on this episode of Raw, so we just got to rate this bad boy, Gary. What you going to give it? You know, uh, surprisingly enough, I, I will say this. The show really had a lots of high points when it came to continuity, entertainment. I think they brought a lot to the table uh, moving forward. So there's so many things now that I can't wait to see what we're going to get from next week's episode of Monday Night Raw. Mm-hmm. I think also some of the storylines do some good, good progressions. I don't think anything really took a step backwards in the entire show. I think everything that they threw at us this week had somewhere to go, had some meaning. Even some of the things that really weren't meant to be a huge deal on the show did mean something. So I am going to go, surprisingly, I'm going to go ahead and give this a a 7.5. I think it worked a little bit better than I wanted it to. I don't think this was a terrible show at all. I think from a storytelling standpoint and from pushing feuds forward, this episode got a lot of that done. Um, Every segment sort of seemed pretty focused towards getting whatever they wanted to do done, and that's Fin, you know that's fantastic because that that is not something that always happens on Raw or SmackDown for that matter. Um, 
and I appreciate the focus this week, and especially on trying to deliver, I think, a, a rock-solid episode the whole way around. There's not a lot of wrestling on this show, and when there is, it's mostly just to get to other points. And that uh, is unfortunately a side effect that you usually get with WWE on these episodes, but it does help when there's a lot of good wrestling on the show. I don't know if I'm willing to go 7.5. I am willing to go about a 7, though. This, this episode does a lot of things right. Uh, and trying to get people geared up for the Royal Rumble and everything like that as far as Raw goes, which I definitely appreciate. Yeah, I, I'm right there. Uh, appreciation because I think that there's so many ways that they could have stalled this thing out and made it just kind of a lackluster show. I mm-hmm. think they really needed to amp things up, especially for the fact that they had some big competition on TV this week with the college football championship game going on. Nope. I'm really happy with uh, most of the show. So that's that's uh, it seems like, you know, we're both happy about it. Hopefully that means that a lot of other people listening to us were happy with it. And if you weren't or you disagree with us or maybe you think that it was a better show than we're rating it, hit us up on the you know YouTube, wherever you're listening. I don't care if you're listening to us on W2Net.com. Just leave us something telling us what you think about the show. Give us your idea of what you think it should be rated. And, you know. Give us some of your talking points, too. We appreciate those when you do that. Um, I do want to say one last thing before we get out of here, Paul. I I was going to mention it earlier in the show, but you mentioned that the 25th anniversary show, we're going to have the Road Dog Jesse James and, of course, Billy Gunn, a part of this show. I guess Billy Gunn is not in the worst of situations now with WWE if they're willing to even let him come back and be on the show. So, I guess so. Um it's you know obviously never say never anymore these days, but maybe a, a little surprising to see Mister Gunn back. But you gotta have new age outlaws, right? They were such a big part of of what made the Attitude Era great, and that seems uh, to be what they want to do on the twenty fifth episode. Raw celebrate every era with as many of the the big acts as they can get. Yeah, so we looking forward to us covering that show. I can't wait, Paul. That may be a two hour show. <laughs> it could be. I mean, we almost went an hour on this one. Can you imagine us talking about that? <laughs> Oh, so that's what I'm saying. We may have a power pack show for you guys on that one. But, yeah, definitely. We're looking forward to those. And next week we'll have another great episode of the Dave Wrestling of the Max Raw Review. And, of course, don't forget to come and tomorrow night join uh, Harry and Liz for SmackDown Live Review and the 205 Live Review as well. They're going to do a great job. They do it every single week. Make sure you check out them. And, of course, come join Paul and I and Sean for our regular episodes of Wrestling of the Max this week. This will be, of course, episode 281 and it'll be a lot of fun because we're getting into plenty of great topics and of course some show reviews like ring of honor later on this week we'll be doing impact so you don't want to miss a minute of the action until then though guys make sure you check out uh, w2mnet.com find everything you want under the sun when it comes to wrestling and all the other great podcasts we have to offer over there don't forget to go give big love to 411mania.com last word on prowrestling.com they do a lot for us when it comes to support we support them too and of course rate, uh, rate review and of course subscribe wrestling at the max or the WTM network until next time though guys we will catch you down the road have a good one guys the previous podcast is a w2mnet.com original podcast For more great content like this, go to w2mnet.com for the worlds of wrestling, video games, entertainment, and sports.